Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So Jake Bentley chased and dropped the 15 yard line. Roquan, the chef, Smith. Roquan Smith, he's the highlight show of this defense. In the ring, steve has got him up. A slam. But Flair, he's not paid one, two. He's not paid one, two. He's not And there it goes. Abreu massacres this ball to left center field. The Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, weeknights at 7 here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is the telephone number. Hit me up on Snapchat, SnapJHood, also on Instagram, IGJHood, as we broadcast live from our First West, first Midwest Bank Studios, he said in English. We'll hear from the great Isaac Bruce as part of Summer of Football coming up in six minutes here on ESPN 1000. Also, Tales from the Hood, stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between right here on ESPN 1000. So glad that you're with us here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, twitter.com, tweetjhood. Oh, by the way, a uh, fresh podcast has dropped. Chris Black and I did our NBA podcast, a preview of free agency in the NBA. You can find that on uh, ESPNChicago.com, also the Under the Hood podcast as well, wherever you download your podcast. Download Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. That is my podcast, so make sure you check that out. Um, you know, we're always the first, right? When it comes to the National Football League, when it comes to college, we can't wait for training camps to open, whether it's in college or in the pros. Bourbon Day, of course, right here in the good old land of Lincoln. It is time to celebrate the great game of football with the summer of football. The summer of football. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. With Jonathan Hood. Come on, baby, let's get it. Let's go now. You fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Five starts. We're deep in their own territory. And it's picked off at the 25 yard line. Eddie Jackson. And he'll go in for the touchdown. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. Pressure now on Mahomes. He's in trouble. Now gets it away. He's in trouble. Barkley up the middle, cuts to the outside. Saquon Barkley across midfield. Standard bounds, and Barkley takes it all the way. 
summer of football. Lawrence flips it open. Justin Ross, Hoffman running, and Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship game. Williams in the game for the first time this year for Notre Dame. Takes the hand up and takes off. Let's go. The summer of football. You got it. Work right here on ESPN 1000. I think we ain't done yet. And the ESPN app. It is the summer of football. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Yes, we are here to talk football with you. A couple of news and notes I want to pass along. We um, got some stuff from today, some stuff we didn't get to yesterday. That's why I have it right here on this Thursday. Chris Sims who has become quite the uh, the analyst for the NFL on ProFootballTalk.com, uh, on several other platforms as well. Bleacher Report is one of them. Chris Sims gives, and you know you and I love a list, his top 40 quarterback countdown. Oh, boy. So here's his quarterback countdown. And already Eric Kostrowski, Madison's husband, is not happy about this list. I will go, you know what, I'll start at 25 and work my way up. 25 on this list for Chris Sims' top 40 quarterback countdown. And by the way, in case you're wondering, number 40 is Tyrod Taylor. So let's go to, go to number 25, okay? It's uh, Joe Flacco is number 25. Kyler Murray is number 24. Josh Allen is 23. Sam Darnold is 22. Jimmy Garoppolo is 21 of San Francisco. And number 20 on this list is Mitch Trubisky. Agree or disagree with this list? How many quarterbacks are better than Mitch Trubisky? I think it's a good I think this is it's a good question, right? How many quarterbacks are better than Mitch Trubisky, according to Chris Sims? Chris Sims believes that as I go 19 to 1 on this list, right? He believes that Jared Goff, Derek Carr of the Oakland Raiders, Baker Mayfield of Cleveland, Nick Foles, Kirk Cousins of the Vikings, Matt Stafford of the Lions, Dak Prescott of the Cowboys, Philip Rivers of the Chargers, Carson Wentz of Philadelphia, Drew Brees of New Orleans, Tom Brady, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Deshaun Watson at number five, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers is his number one quarterback in the top 40. Eric Ostrowski, I turn to you, sir. How is Deshaun Watson five, first off? That's crazy. That's way too high. Yeah. I don't think that Trubisky should be ahead of Garoppolo. I don't think that Garoppolo should be behind Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr. Kirk Cousins at 15 is fairly high in my estimate, too. I don't I think this list is... What about one and two? Do you think Rodgers should be over Patrick Mahomes? Mm, yes. Yes, actually, yes. Just because he's done it more yes. and he's done it longer. Yeah. I don't know. A couple of these, like Brady nine. So he's four spots behind Deshaun Watson. Right. That seems, that's just wild to me. We'll get back to this list in a moment because I want to get your thoughts on this Chris Sims list that has Trubisky. There's 19 quarterbacks better than Mitch Trubisky. We'll put that on the poll as well at ESPN 1000. Glad to have you in here for the summer of football. We turn to a four-time pro bowler and someone that was huge in the Super Bowl for the St. Louis Rams. It is the great Isaac Bruce, and he joins me, Jonathan Hood, on the Summer of Football here on ESPN 1000. Isaac, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. What's up, Jonathan? How you doing, man? I'm well. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, no I want to take me back and take us all back to that magical season for you 
I mean, it, you know, the Super Bowl is not is is not destined for everybody, but you were there. You were part of a, a very special team. How magical was that year for you and the Rams? Well, it was a, a phenomenal season, man. That really kicked off that spring, you know, with the additions of uh, uh, the trades that we picked up, um, and then from there, the draft picks that that we got. I, I thought on paper. We had a really good opportunity to make a lot of noise within our division. And uh, once the season got started, man, I got really, really excited because, you know, I hadn't done much winning up until that point. And uh, when we started winning and, and in the manner in which we were winning, I got really excited, man. I started looking ahead to my first opportunity to play in the playoffs. And uh, that really catapulted us into deep into the postseason and ultimately to a Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. So it was a phenomenal time for myself and my teammates um do you ever have that itch i mean it's 2019 it's been a while since you've been on the on the field but i mean this time of year this is when camps is going to be opening pretty soon have you gotten over that itch yet of saying okay this i gotta get myself ready for camp well i think anyone that's played probably you know that's vested in the league it takes three years to become vested um i think you still get that itch i mean i can really i have landmarks you know that are in my mind and one of the last landmarks is just uh, the U.S. Tennis Open in New York. So once I know that's happening, I, I know football season is truly here. <laughs> and uh, pretty soon you'll start to smell the grass, the, the fresh gra- grass being cut. And, uh, you know, I get that within my mind, and then I can exhale knowing that I don't have to go to train again. The great Isaac Bruce with Jonathan Hood on Summer of Football on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Isaac, you played with 22 different quarterbacks in your 16 years in the National Football League. I mean, that's a lot of egos. <laughs> that's a lot of different personalities. How was that? Because, yes, they're teammates, but they're all different, right? Well, absolutely. I mean, not only, uh, you know, their approach to the game, but the confidence level. Uh, you know, some, some were very confident. Some weren't as confident as they should be. And, uh, you know, sometimes it, you know, always showed up in their ability to play the game on the field. So um, it took a bit of getting used to. Um, it was the state of the franchise when, you know, while I was there. Um, I would have loved to have played with, you know, future Hall of Famers for 10-plus years and, and uh, you know, really really see what, what can happen between, you know, myself and a guy like that. But, you know, it was what it was. I think that, you know, the guys that we came in, we were looking to develop and hopefully they would become that franchise guy. Uh, more often than not, it didn't happen that way. Isaac, when did, when were you first called the Reverend? Do you remember the first time someone called you that? I do. It was Chris Berman, um, you know, uh, via interview that I, I did with ESPN uh, Sports Center and uh, kind of told him, you know, what my aspirations were uh, once my football days were over or, you know, probably in the middle of my days. Um, and that's kind of, you know, it, that's kind of what he labeled. I mean, I, I think it coincided with, uh, the Reverend Ike that was out in New York right. <laughs> at the time, who I, uh, you know, recently started doing research on. And, and uh, uh, I think it was a real honor to be mentioned in the same breath with the original Reverend Ike. That's kind of cool, though. That's, I, I get, and if Chris Berman's going to say it, you know it's going to stick, right? Uh, yeah, fortunately and unfortunately at times, yeah. Well, what, was the, what was the downside of that? Well, I thought that, uh, you know, I shouldn't have a name that was, uh, you know, already put on a person who, you know, was already uh, established in his field. And uh, I wanted to come out and, you know, kind of do my own thing at the time. I was 21, 22, and I uh, wanted to be known as a football player at that time. 
Well, nobody. Well, it didn't hurt your career at all. The nickname never. (laughs) I think you did just fine, Isaac. When you think about it. So, so let me tell you why you're a Hall of Famer. Because your numbers are not going to. Because your numbers are not going to change like next year or in in five years or ten years. You'll always be one of the all-time greats. You you know this. Even if you don't know this, that your production speaks for itself. And so, it when you look at when people talk to about your career and talk about the Hall of Fame, what comes to mind for you? Oh, um, you know, initially, uh, I've always had the mindset that I was the first ballot Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. and that was, you know, strictly based off the numbers and, uh, you know, the the way I, you know, went through the gauntlet. I mean, we all, you know, speaking as a wide receiver, we all go through the same gauntlet, and that's, uh, you know, having people uh, scout you, having people have to game plan against you, uh, having teams having to double team you and see what production level that you can get, you know, from those, you know, those things being up against you. So, um, I, you know, at the end of the day, I felt like, you know, I was right there with the, with the guys who had played the game before me and, uh, you know, played it well and played it at the highest level, you know, just based on the numbers, just based on the, uh, impactful plays and impactful moments in the game. So, um, I felt like I was right there and, uh, kind of surprised that it didn't happen you know my first year eligibility but after that you know i kind of just you know let the process take its course as they speak oh it definitely will happen as we talked to isaac bruce with jonathan hood on espn 1000 and the espn app as we do summer of football yeah the the numbers speak for themselves i'm i'm looking forward to that induction and it's probably because watching your career we know what you were able to bring to the table there are certain moments uh, in your career that stand out more than others that really are highlights even to you right now? Um, absolutely. There are plays, in fact, impactful plays, uh, you know, that I think they're, they're, you know, people call iconic now. I mean, obviously the play, the, the play in the Super Bowl, the closed out of Super Bowl in, in that fashion. I think, you know, every kid that, that had a dream about playing wide receiver at the highest level as in their backyard and in their dreams ended that game the exact same way that I ended it. So that play would be one of them. But, you know, some of the things that I'm, I'm really pleased with is just, you know, the guys that I helped along the way to, to, to develop into uh, pro bowlers, uh, to, to leave the Rams when I was there and go other places to become a starter. I think that was, you know, you know as, as the guys that I looked at, at my tree, my branches, those guys that, that learned from me and went on and been successful once they left me. Ten years removed from the game, Isaac, how do you look at the NFL now as we take a look at the league, the way it's going? It's never been more popular. Offense really is reigning supreme. It always had, but it really is accentuated now. Uh, what, how do you look at the game now when you turn it on? Well, I, I, I like to label it as sweet and sweet and then bitter and sweet. I mean, you know, as, a, as an offensive player, um, I would love to have played today uh, with the rules that are, you know, kind of, protecting the receivers a little bit more. Um, I say that from a selfish standpoint as well because, you know, I feel like the numbers that we we had when we went through the gauntlet, the numbers that we ended up with, they're going to be gone pretty soon. And, uh, you know, it's not going to be surprising when guys like Julio Jones breaks them. So, um, But at the same time, I, I, I think that, you know, with the with the rules, with the new pass interference rules and things of that nature, it kind, it kind of uh, puts the defense back. Uh, in the game a little bit. I think they've been handcuffed for the last couple of seasons, as, you know, as far as being able to really play football, I mean, and not think. 
So you have to think about how you tackle a guy. Have to think about, you know, uh, getting your hands on on a receiver, uh, trying to impede his progress and things of that nature. So I think you know it kind of puts the defense back at the forefront. And uh, you know, with all the offense that we had last season, it's, it's kind of funny that we had a defensive Super Bowl last year. Yeah, oh, but yeah. I mean, that was a taffy pull. People were waiting to see some kind of offense. Then that's. You know, I thought that that was interesting. Even though people didn't think that that was a great Super Bowl, it was intriguing because it was two teams trying to score. You know, two teams uh, scheming against one another. It's Belichick against a young, uh, young quarterback, a young uh, head coach in McVay. That was kind of compelling, actually. Oh, indeed, it was. I mean, you know, with the you know this revolution of new coaches, young coaches being in their thirties, uh, you know, a lot of teams around the league following suit. Uh, just to have a Super Bowl where you have a Belichick and where you have a Wade Phillips really at the forefront of that game. Um, it just always reminds us that experience counts and uh, defense wins championships still. Yeah, you know, Isaac, you know, the, the Rams had their chance last year. They fell short, so now it's time for the Bears. Yeah. I think after the whole kicking thing, I think <laughs> I think it's time now that the Bears finally get their redemption after that terrible kick that they was missed in the game against the Eagles. What do you think? Well, maybe. I think that... Um, I think defenses around the league, particularly those in, that, that are playing in the NFC North where, where the Bears play, uh, are really going to be prepared for the, you know, the head coach. They're going to be prepared for that guy a lot more than I think Trubisky. Um, I think you know, the head coach did a great job playing through Trubisky last year. So um, I think they'll be a little bit more prepared for him defensively on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, with teams like the Vikings and uh, what, what Green Bay has done defensively, to kind of stack the defense to help Aaron Rodgers a little bit, I I think it'll be a little bit more tough sledding for the Bears this year. Summer of football with Jonathan as we talked to the great Isaac Bruce on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Isaac, when you watch the game, are there what wide receivers stand out most to you as far as what they are able to do production-wise, style? What what wide receivers do you like? Well, the guy that I like to compare myself to right now is uh, probably Keenan Allen. I think he does a really great job of separation, uh, he can run every route. He can run the whole entire route tree. Uh, and he's very elusive once he gets the football in his hand. So um, I think he's a guy that has deceptive speed, and uh, he's a competitor. So I, I like seeing that. I like seeing the other guys that, that, that put up a lot of production. Um, you know, uh, Brown, uh, Julio Jones, like I mentioned. Um, I think some, there are some other guys that are coming. Uh, the, the one guy, uh, Hopkins, down in, in, in Houston. Mm-hmm. I like his game as well. So I, I like what those guys do on the field and just their competitive nature, man. That, that kind of reminds me of myself. Isaac, I think that when you go through life and and you want to be able to make a living and you can make a living, um, you know, being able to be in entertainment, being in sports the way you were, I think that it's always great to be able to, to give back. I think that's just for any of us. If we are able to give back and make a difference for someone, uh, that that's a great thing that you can do in your life. And so with the Isaac Bruce Foundation, could you tell more people about what you've been able to do um, with you retired, but yet giving back and still working with young people? Absolutely. I, I think what we do with the Isaac Bruce Foundation, IBF, uh, really, really focusing on education. Uh, we have a program called Flight 300 where we fly uh, students who study, uh, you know, away from home. We get them an airline ticket, a bus ticket. Uh, we do dorm decor uh, just to make it comfortable for the students who are actually, some of them are 
away from home for the very first time just to make it as comfortable as possible as they could be so they can uh, really just uh, concentrate on their studies. So uh, having a, the ability to do that, give back, and make an impactful uh, uh, imprint on, on the community in St. Louis, and, and it's, it's, starting to, it's starting to happen for us nationally here. So uh, just being able to do that and with the help of my partners, man, it's, it's, uh, it's humbling and, and it's also fun at the same time. And fulfilling to be able to help others, right? I mean, and when you, my experience with young people is they want to be heard. And, yeah. and and so the you know not just notice but to be heard to find out what their issues are things that they that trouble them and to be able to give back I think that's that's wonderful for all of us right absolutely I think that you know it's it's one of the most important uh, attributes that we can can and, and part of our legacies that we can leave for our families just uh, you know really taking the focus off ourselves and making sure that others are okay. And uh, with the with the ability to do that through a foundation, I think we found a niche that really uh, propels us to the front forefront and being being uh, the source of someone else's happiness and success. IsaacBruce.org. I think I got the right handle right for the foundation. IsaacBruce.org. Yes, sir. That's it. All right. As always, I, I hope you come on again throughout the season. I want to get your thoughts on some of the things we see in the NFL. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It is uh, Isaac Bruce, uh, the great Isaac Bruce, who should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, with me, Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app, just to kind of punctuate some of the numbers. Like I, at the time of Bruce's retirement, Bruce was the s- second all time in receiving yards behind only Jerry Rice and fifth all time in receptions. Like among the 27 wide receivers currently in the Hall of Fame, Bruce ranks fourth in receiving yards, seventh in receptions, and eighth in touchdowns. Uh, you know, it's a head scratcher. He's going to get his time, but there's a lot of talent wide receivers. It's a ton that are deserving. It's not like, hey, there might be some that are skipping Isaac Bruce, but it doesn't mean that they're not qualified. And Isaac will have his opportunity as well. I'm looking forward to it. This guy's head on straight. Should probably should be doing radio or television. I don't know, but he's doing great work with the Isaac Bruce Foundation. Okay, a couple of things before we go back to this list. <laughs> because Gil Brandt, uh, was giving his uh, top teams in the National Football League. He says t- 10 top teams in the NFL for the 2019 season. Number 10 on his list was the Indianapolis Colts, Chris Ballard, and the job he's done as a general manager. Uh, he was the PFWA executive of the year in 2018. Uh, great. He thought he was brilliant on the draft. Quentin Nelson being a part of that team on the offensive line. He said the Cleveland Browns. For obvious reasons, Odell Beckham Jr. is on the team. And uh, the New Orleans Saints is eighth on this list. The Saints have made sure to furnish quarterback Drew Brees with plenty of support with uh, Michael Thomas and also Alvin Kamara. Kansas City Chiefs is number seven on this list. Patrick Mahomes, his rise to, um, to being a solid quarterback in the NFL. Number six is the Chargers. That'll be interesting to watch this year. The Chargers were well regarded by Pro Pro Bowl voters last season with players from across the roster like Derwin James and Keenan Allen, who we just talked about, and running back Melvin Gordon. The New England Patriots are number five on the list. The Rams are four. And guess who else is on this list? The Chicago Bears. They're number three on this list. Let me tell you what is said about the Bears at number three. Don't let the drama at kicker distract you. 
when you, your biggest problem is that position, you know that you've got a solid team on your hands. Ryan Pace has shown that he's not afraid to make bold moves, orchestrating trades to land quarterback Mitchell Trubisky in the 2017 NFL draft and pass rusher Khalil Mack last September. Not too long ago, it felt like Chicago's roster was littered with first-round busts. Now it feels like it's bursting with first-round starters like Trubisky. Cornerback Kyle Fuller, right guard Kyle Long, and linebackers Leonard Floyd and Roquan Smith peppered with mid-round steals like running back Tariq Cohen and safety Eddie Jackson. The state of the Bears' talent base also shows how far pace has come since the first phase of his tenure in Chicago. Talking about Pernell McPhee, Antrell Roll, Eddie Royal. Since Pace's first year, the Bears have fared much better, adding players like defensive tackle Akeem Hicks and right tackle Bobby Massey. So some some good thoughts there by Gil Brandt. Number two on the list is the Cowboys, number one, the Eagles for his top ten. But he's got the Bears at number three on this list. Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Uh, some thoughts from Willie McGinnis. From the NFL Network, he thinks that Leonard Floyd of the Bears is going to have a breakout season. You got Chuck Pagano that's coming in at the head as the defensive coordinator. I'm sorry. And I know with Chuck, what he likes to do is move his interior and his D lineman around, bring linebacker blitz, bring safety blitz. I think this is going to help Leonard Floyd along with having Khalil Mack and Hakeem Nixon, guys yeah. like that on the front. He'll have a lot of one-on-one matchups, but I'm interested to see how Pagano will use him, put him in situations where he has those one-on-one matchups, which I know he can win. And he said himself, he's looking for a breakout year, so I'm betting on him. Some thoughts there from Willie McGinnis. Sean, you think I missed something in the Stacey Dales conversation yeah. that, uh, hold on, when Dales, Stacey Dales, who lives in Chicago, who was on the Rich Eisen show, you feel like I missed something in the soundbite that we played yesterday. Yeah, we played the soundbite, and you did a great job of talking about not buying so much into how much of a poet Matt Nagy might be to inspire his players. Minute. I don't you know. think I said that. I don't no, think, no, I'm saying Stacey Dales was kind of romanticizing <laughs> Wait a minute. how he talks to his players in the clip. But the one thing we missed <laughs> is that at the end of the clip, she talked about the one thing that franchises need to have is the great quarterback, great coach combination. And she says that she thinks the Bears, even though team that's very rare in the NFL, she thinks the Bears have the possibility of having that combination for years to come. I don't think Nagy does spoken word. I don't be know. better than 12 and 4. I mean, that's what they're saying. 12 wins isn't good enough in the NFL. And it's, you think about all the teams that go 500, right, guys? Like, it's so hard to win, Rich, in this league. When I go in locker rooms and you know, Nagy is, you know, be you, uh, we, not me. Mm-hmm. He, he is a master motivator. I love being around him. I'll sometimes write down things he says because I am there a lot. I live in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's so many interesting coaches in this league that bring something different to the table. And he he brings something different to the table. It's like when you think of Sean McVay. We want to talk about the offense, right? Mm-hmm. And how innovative it is. It's all the little things they do. Before the season starts that you don't see. Uh, when I was in London a couple of years ago, you know, Andrew Whitworth is one of my favorite players in the, in the NFL. And just some of the things that he told me as to how uh, one man can change a culture. Mm-hmm. You think of Anthony Davis coming to the Lakers and now they're a contender. Right. Well, when you get a contender for a coach, it's such an important job. 
and or quarterback, the two, you know, faces of of a franchise. And that's what Nagy has oh, brings yeah. to the equation. And, and Trubisky has this team humbly in the palm of his hand. How do, what do you mean by that? He's so awesome, Rich. <laughs> he's such a great guy. Mm-hmm. His teammates just love him. I mean, he's humble. He's like one of the guys. Tom Brady's like one of the guys. Mm-hmm. You know? It, they want to play hard for him. His offensive line wants to block for him, block for the runners. He wants to block for Trubisky and, and pass protect for Trubisky. And it's just a really neat thing to watch when that culture thing works. Mm-hmm. You know? So and a you- few teams have it. I see your point, but she also used the word neat, so she has been around <laughs> Nagy a lot. Tales from the Hood is next. Neato. Jonathan Hood. On ESPN 1000. What do you got there? This is your car. My car? I said a 10-second car, not a 10-minute car. Pop the hood. Pop the hood? Pop the hood. Tales from the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Here we go. So what you're saying, Eric, is that Mitchell Trubisky should not be in the top 20, but he should be in the top 21, according to Chris Sims' top 40 quarterback countdown. 20 seems more like a better range for like maybe, well, let me pull up my list here. All right. Yeah, I'd say he, he, I'd say put him in the top 25. I don't think he should be top, top 20. I just don't think, again, some of the names he's ahead of, I don't, I don't agree with. Um, and Philip Rivers, God, more I look at this list, the crazier I think it is. <laughs> Drew Brees at 10, Philip Rivers at 12, and I want to remind everyone, Deshaun Watson is at five. Yeah. Yeah, this is Chris Sims' top tw- uh, 40 quarterback countdown. Rodgers, Mahomes, Wilson, Luck, uh, and Deshaun Watson. That's the top five. You don't think Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback? Not yet. He has not proven that one one bit yet. It's fair. I'd like to know from Chris, is it how he foresees the quarterbacks or is it how he feels on June 27th? Tales from the Hood is brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. The Wildcats return to Ryan Field this fall after a nine-win season to host Michigan State, Ohio State, Iowa, Purdue, and more. Buy tickets at nusports.com, nusports.com, Tales from the Hood. Stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between. Here's a story for you. The scientists uh, discover fungus that's turning people into sex addicts. Cicadas, right? Yes. Yes. So like the buzzing, like oh. locust almost looking things. Oh, that's even weird. <laughs> even more weird, yes. A fungus that is t- turning bugs into sex-crazed zombies has been discovered by scientists. Once cicada insects are infected by this virus, they will mate until their genitals fall off. And they turn into flying salt shakers of death, according to one research. I didn't read enough of that article. (laughs) (laughs) That's tremendous. Scientists from... (laughs) Put that on the poll, would you? Would you you make it until your genitals fall off? Yes or no? Scientists uh, and some some brothers are like, yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Until the wheels fall off. It's that good. 
Scientists from West Virginia University in the U.S. found that the fungus contained an amphetamine and a psychoproactive chemical that caused a similar effect to magic mushrooms. Crap your alley, Eric. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Allegedly. Uh, ma- ma- <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not at least at least you know, like in your where you live in the sticks, if you need to find one, um, a, a mushroom or two in stores, right? Right? Mm-hmm. So you can find yeah, some portobellos. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. See, See there you go. <laughs> what did you think I was talking about? I, I had no idea. Scientists discover fungus that turns cicadas into sex addicts. That's an interesting story. I'm going to take that home. <laughs> that'll be that'll be a conversation at dinner. Well, we've all heard. Sound of cicadas like in the country. Mm-hmm. So, you, as a kid, when you went down south, I know I did. Mm-hmm. Like, the yep. sound has to be magnified now, right? Yeah. Like, totally different. Yeah. Times 10. That is the equivalent of you living in a small apartment and all you hear is thin <laughs> walls, right? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Brazilian airmen arrested in Spain with cocaine before president's stopover. Um, so there's been people arrested. Uh, they arrested a member of the Brazilian Air Force who carried three bags of full of cocaine on a mil- military plane to Seville hours before the president was there. The president of the country uh, was scheduled to have a stopover over there. The Brazilian Air Force said in a statement that the airman was arrested on suspicion of drug trafficking. And the case was also being investigated by the country's military police. A Spanish police source says, and told Reuters that officers discovered 86 pounds of drugs in three pieces of luggage, which they checked on Tuesday while the plane was waiting to continue its journey to Tokyo. Do you not understand? In 2019, this is not the movie Blow. This is not, you know, the 1970s, when you think that, well, there's no drug sniffing dogs so no one's going to spot me with the coke a brazilian airman arrested in spain with cocaine in three different bags a brazilian air force member thinking he can just smuggle drugs across i mean spain's supposed to be pretty fun so maybe he was trying to make sure he had a good time when he was there just i don't, I don't understand how you think you can get away with that now come on it's dumb detroit police arrest graffiti artist Shifi mcfly who was hired by the city a graffiti artist commissioned by the city of Detroit to paint a mural on a viaduct was arrested by police who believed he was committing vandalism, of course. Shifi McFly, if that's really your name, was 29, whose real name is Tashif Turner. Ah, knew it wasn't your name. <laughs> was arrested Wednesday. Detroit commissioned him as a part of a multi-year effort to fight illegal graffiti with city-approved artwork. McFly says he didn't um, have his city-issued permit with him. He says multiple police cars arrived on site as a city official showed up to vouch for him. The city is paying me to do this, and I'm going to jail for it? It was an oxymoron, McFly told (laughs) 7 Action News. I'm I'm a muralist. Oh, is that what you call? Oh, it's not a graffiti artist. He's a muralist. Oh. That uses spray paint. Put that on the poll at ESPN 1000. You know people that spray spray paint on viaducts are muralists. Let's educate the people. A muralist. Someone that makes murals. Right. With spray paint. <laughs> yes. I don't, think I, I don't think I've heard it used that. I've never heard no. that word before. That's a very Detroit thing. We're going to sanction this guy to do this, and then we're going to arrest him for it. So Detroit. <laughs> yes. So Detroit. You look shifty. Arrest him. 
I'll never forget being in Detroit with Black. And we were doing the Horizon League tournament, and he has his Starbucks app because he can't function without coffee. And so he's going through his app. And we're in uh, downtown Detroit, so uh, there was no Starbucks within, like, 30 blocks. That's wild. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like they have their own brand of coffee. Like, they have their own weird brand of pizza. So the same thing here with the coffee. Like, he was looking for his, he was just, I keep hitting the app, and I still understand. Like, yeah, he's like, he's trying to hit the app, and it's like, nothing was happening. Yeah, and Chris is that dude that won't drink coffee unless it's Starbucks. Yes. So, like, he's that guy as well. So so that is Tales from the Hood, right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. There is one other story. There's selfies now five times more deadly than shark attacks. What? I got to get into that one. Raise the music. I need that again. Uh, as people take bigger and bigger risks for perfect, uh, perfect selfie, the smartphone snaps have become five times more deadly than shark attacks. You know what? I believe this. this I totally believe this. This is not outrageous, actually. We see this. So right now we're across the street from the Chicago Theater. How, I can't count how many people every night are in the middle of the street trying to catch a selfie with a giant marquee behind them. All the time. That's a, at, you know, between October 2011 and November 2017, at least 259 people died taking selfies around the globe, compared to just 50 people killed by sharks in the same period. That's according to India's Journal of Family Medicine. Now, that's according to me. I got yeah, that's just <laughs> according to me looking at people walking around. <laughs> it's like, of course. Yeah. I, yeah, I would say so. It's just like... They just got to take that selfie. And again, it's rudeness with people with phones, you know. Oh, by the way, as we get ready to hear from Ryan Hollins, you know what Instagram did to me? Eric, you know what they did to me? They told me that they're going to take a couple of my pictures away because it says my video was blocked because it may contain content owned by Sony Music Entertainment. I, uh, so this is me at, the, uh, at a UIC baseball game. And of course, they always have... Lower the music so people can hear the music here from Adams at the ballpark. And I'm just taking a video of what's going on at uh, Granderson Stadium. Curtis Granderson has his own stadium, you know, for UIC. And so I'm just taking the picture. And this is batting practice. And this is on. So I'm taking a, a, a video, just going side to side. Yeah, slowly. showing the nice stadium, the skyline. I, my, my hands are just always steady, so it's almost like a steady cam, you know, showing people the stadium. And they blocked me. They blocked the picture. They blocked the video because I didn't own, ooh, baby, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, baby, baby. <laughs> I don't want to own that, Sony. <laughs> exactly. It's like, but uh, content that may be owned by Sony. No, if, no, if it's owned by Sony or not. I mean, listen. If, if nothing else, when I need headphones, I'm getting Sony headphones. Can't they just allow this video to happen? I mean, I'm a supporter of Sony over the years, and they've blocked me. Can you believe that? It's, it's just a video of a ballpark. It's not like you're sitting here playing off the music. Like You're literally showing a ballpark, and that's just what's playing on the speakers. And it's so baseball. It's like, hey, let's play some warm-up music for batting practice. Ooh, baby, yeah. baby. Yeah, exactly. Uh, baby, Shana baby. I'm so hood. On ESPN 1000. You're listening to Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I gotta stay. Till I die. I gotta stay. 
Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We will hear from Ryan Hollins with uh, number 7 of 10. He will be here again with 7th appearance out of 10. He will be with us coming up in our next half hour. Also, we will have for you Throwback Thursday. we got a good one for you. We'll tell you what it is at the top of the hour right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. And uh, coming up, we talk about the Cubs and the White Sox. The Cubs have a lot of work to do. We take a look at the first half of the team and also for the White Sox as well. Oh, that itchy feeling about the White Sox. Is there a turnaround? And if they do turn around, does it matter? We talk about it next. You don't see just how wild the crowd is. You don't see just how fly my style is. Jonathan Hood. I don't see why I need a stylist when I shot so much I can speak a tag. On ESPN 1000.